Hey guys, before we get started, just wanted to let you know, you can head over to patreon.com slash overcrest to get this and every one of our latest episodes as soon as we record them. Starts at only $5 a month, and with that, you also get a t-shirt, stickers, and some other cool swag from us. Go check it out. Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is going to be part two of the 5700 mile trip to Red Sport. Sega. Saga. Saga. What Sega the... was the <laughs> console. That's right. I was trying to think of the word. That's right. A co- gaming console. Gaming console. That's the, that, that's, Sega. You know, if I was uh when I was 15, if my dad would have said something, he would have said gaming console. Whereas the rest of us would just say video games. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Console <laughs> seems more appropriate. Console is something where a stereo is or you keep liquor in it or something. A console. Well, you, yeah. Or like the console of your car. I was just thinking like, what do you, yeah, there's a console of your car. Yeah, but gaming console just makes you sound like you're 75 years old. There was damn kids in their gaming consoles. <laughs> yeah. Could anyway. you, have a, you could have a console council. You, a council of gaming consoles. You could. <laughs> you could. You could have all and of And on that note, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. No, um, so part two, we're going to talk about your experience out at Rensport. First of all, I just want to thank everybody that listened to part one. It's one of our most popular instant hit episodes yes, ever. So I'm really glad everybody's excited to hear about all the shit that went wrong with my car. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly entertaining for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, where did we leave off last time? I was just... So you made it to Rensport. You made it to made it to Rensport through made it to uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, First of all, I want to say, what is the deal with California roads? Why? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, the roads are great in California. I never have any problems. They're just awesome. Well, we don't have the expanding contraction of the asphalt. Everything's always great. The roads are garbage. <laughs> the roads in these towns, in, especially in Monterey, are garbage. The freeways are nice. Okay. All the roads are just hideous. They're just not well-maintained. They're, there's like these – so you go down these hills, and you go, you go down. It goes flat, and then you go down again when you go over an intersection. Okay. And you can see that like 9,000 people have destroyed their cars. <laughs> just and bottoming just out. Just bottoming out. Like they don't have any kind of um, gutter or sewer system in Monterey or something. Oh, I don't, so when it floods, it's so, just – Well, they, they get a lot of rain there, I imagine. It's right on the ocean there, sure. and the clouds come in and out all the time. Okay. So you have all these water runoff things that go down the roads. And you have to drive over all of them, oh. and, and it's just awful. Plus, there's potholes everywhere. Sorry, guys. It just didn't seem like all <laughs> it was cracked up to be down there. And I'm like, boy, this feels a lot like Minnesota roads. Really? Yeah. It was not, I was not impressed, and I've never been impressed. Los Angeles is even worse. The freeways are really, really nice, but everything else. Maybe we maintain our roads here because we have to. I was just reading to uh, reading to. I was listening to a report that the Minnesota like DOT just had a full rating of our infrastructure. And we got a D minus. Oh, who's judging that? I think we are. <laughs> we were. <laughs> we gave ourselves a terrible grade. So if anybody else was looking at it, it would be like an F. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I don't think our roads are are that bad. I'm not. But regardless, you weren't impressed with the roads. Not impressed with the roads so, at all. Getting to the meat of Rensport. Um, Rensport. I didn't realize it's not annual. It's no. every like what three or four years. I think it's every three years. I might be wrong on that. And I this think is it's every the three. sixth. This was Rensport. Rensport six or seven. Okay. Gosh, I should know that, but I don't. I'm I, picture the Roman numeral V and at least one. There's slash at least one. It. There's at least one. Um, so yeah, we we got there early. I think we got up 
It was this was a period of three weeks where I got up at like six o'clock in the morning <laughs> or earlier every single day. So we got up real early, rolled in there. Of course, it was cloudy and there's moisture. You go to Lugina Sake, it's always yep. cloudy because at night we like we talked about all the clouds roll in off the ocean and it's just fog. So in the morning it's foggy and then at night it's it's not. The last day it was actually sunny, but we dealt with some fog every every single other day. But uh, you get there and it's it's Porsche everything. It's like, <laughs> did you see that picture I posted on Instagram? Where the, yeah, the little the, meme the, about you opening computer and all the Porsche bads just over. It's, it's like that, but in real life. It's just incredible, the amount of. Um, so this is basically a huge propaganda event for <laughs> Porsche. Propaganda. It is. It's, I not, mean, it's not held by Porsche, though, is it? Wasn't yes. it first organized? Oh, okay. This Never is mind. this is absolutely 100% okay. Porsche. And uh, they basically, they run out the whole track for the whole event, and it's. It's Porsche everything. I mean, I can't. I'm. Tr- I was trying to think of a way to quantify the amount of Porsche or the volume of Porsche as like an an enigma that was there, and it's just it's overwhelming. It's you've never seen this much of a collection of one mark, his, with historical stuff and new stuff and all the. They had over eighty thousand people wow. that came to this. It's like the most popular event at Laguna Seca in like six or seven years. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it was in. Incredible the amount of people that were there. So, um, is Rensport always held at Laguna Seca? No, so it moves around. around. The problem is, is that uh, I would love for it to go to places that aren't um, Daytona or Laguna Seca, and that's basically yeah. But it's it's so huge that you need to be able to have the infrastructure to support not only the at the track and and like the race teams and everybody wants to come, but also all the fans. You know, yeah, just spectators. eighty thousand people need to be able to hang out in your town. True. That would be <laughs> so, so that, troublesome for like Road America. That, by that, us. that does limit things <laughs> quite a bit. So basically, you walk in, and they had a. The first thing I saw when you walk in is they have that that gold nine nine three. Right. We talked about that. the classic nine nine three or where whatever they it was. Basically, built a brand new nine nine three. That's not street legal, which right. is like, yeah, I don't understand why it can't be street legal if singers can be street legal. Yeah, I don't know. It's something stupid about the way they did the VIN number. Maybe it's because it's official manufacturer, or maybe they had to, like, recrash it or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, so the I always thought the color of it was pretty lame. Yeah. The color was really good. <laughs> the gold was really, Because you even really mentioned good. when we talked about it before that someone said, wait till you see it in person. Right. Yeah. They uh, they said, wait and see. And I and I saw, and they were correct. <laughs> you were it, sold. So that was right next to the, the Porsche Classic uh, building. And what's funny is I walk in there, and uh, the, they had, like, new toolkits out and all these cool things that you could buy. But they also had these rags, and I tried to get you one. Okay. But I, by the time I went, because I didn't want to try and get two of these. They're, they're old, like, shop rags that just say Porsche in them. Oh, cool. Them. But it's, like, old school font. Yep. They look like they're from the 60s or 70s. Are they, like, white with the red script yes. stitched in? Yes. Oh. Yep. And I and I didn't want to try and be greedy, so I'm like, oh, I'll get one for Jake tomorrow. And <laughs> I'm I sure there, they're gone. They were gone. They yeah. were so gone. And there was, and plus, I'm like, the girl that i went back later i'm like maybe it'll be a different person that's there no nope, mm-hmm. it was the same cute looking german girl handing out the hello the thing. yeah this is a porsche she was super no no jake jake no no <laughs> no Helga with the no there was no later hosen in, in the environment but uh yeah so i'm sorry i didn't but in the okay. same building my point i wanted to get to was you remember how my headlight kept falling off <laughs> yeah I found out, and you made. Did you make fun of me on the podcast, or was it later that no, you made like, fun? No, on the podcast we talked about this. You said you saw this was a period correct thing. Yes, you had to literally duct tape them over. The, to- the and I was so upset you didn't have duct tape with you on a I road trip. I did not have duct tape, but I f- first saw the Toad Hall ST. It's an old, you know, Toad Hall. Toad Hall. 
Toad Hall. Is it okay. Just basically, it's the race team, sure. or whatever. And they have uh, they had the black tape across the headlights, and that's when I was like, yes, I can. I, I have still seen might ones do that. too where they actually rivet a strip of like aluminum plate. Yeah, but that sucks. I mean, not that you should do that, but yeah, obviously this was an issue. <laughs> it was clearly an issue. And it still was like, I was talking to my buddy Steve when we were standing next to the car. He's like, yeah, we had to do this shit all the time because guys would be going over the rumble strips on apexes and the headlights would be like falling off <laughs> and like flapping over to the side and everything like that. And then it'd be hazards on the track and everything. So I might actually just tape mine. Just 24-7. Just 24-7. Just put the tape on it. You know, it's it's kind of weird but i've had my headlight fall off enough times now <laughs> that it's 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 time sure okay i'm surprised you can't bend the tab a bit more there's nothing there there's it's just this little it, it no you, you really just can't it sucks sometimes you can trim the seal down to get it to fit a little bit better to kind of get it to seat mm. in there a little bit more like with a little razor blade right but yeah there's really no good way to so that was the highlight was the duct tape yes so on to part three of the <laughs> no um so i saw of course just like everyone else was inundated with everything via social media that was there yep. some of the highlights i know there was the like reboot or new throwback of the 935 race car the moby dick car <laughs> that thing is so wrong i agree and i'm happy you said that because i thought you were going to be like oh it's cool they did the throwback and everything else it's i mean the proportions are just wrong on a car that big mm-hmm I would love to see, did they have it next to the original long tail? No, I didn't really see it next to another one. Just because it would have been hideous next to it. Well, the problem with that car, and, and I and I got to give credit to uh, my friend Andrew, who works at 1552. He's a creative director there. We were talking about this car. Uh-huh. And we're like, we don't like, I don't like it. He doesn't like it. And we try to figure out why. Okay. And it's because the proportions are wrong. Yeah, that's what I just said. But what about the proportion is wrong? Let's see. I'll give you like five seconds to immediately pick it out. I think it's the greenhouse silhouette doesn't flow into the rest of it or the sidewalls are too tall. Wrong. What is it? The rear wheel is the same size as the front. Oh, is that what you think it is? I think that's what it is. That's what Andrew said. And as soon as he said it, it popped into my head. I'm like, yes, that's what it because, is. Yeah, they were basically they would have, big and little. They would have a 19-inch wheel on the rear. Yeah. And a lot of the cars now run an 18 because you can't get a proper tire for the 19, like a period correct tire, no one wants to run like Hoosiers or something like that. So they all want to run like an Avon or whatever. So you can't, so they sure. all run 18. So it's smaller wheel in the front, bigger tire in the rear. And they didn't do that on the new car. It's the same size on both. And I don't, it's like such like an. It would have been easy, right? It would have been easy. And when you think about it, it's like, yep, obviously that's, you know. that That's the issue. That's the issue. That is the big issue with the car. Besides, besides the fact of why. Why I don't understand why I do it. Why? What is the point of this? Other than so wait so it's it's. <laughs> I don't understand why they did it. Okay. However, I think it is cool that they did, because right. I always I always harp on manufacturers not taking risks, not going not only up. that or now recognizing kind of like their history and what. Well, but that's never been a problem for Porsche. But no. I I like that they went out and did something and took a risk and made the car. It's basically a GT2 RS that's all carbon fiber. Right. Sure. So it's and is it street legal? Because I see here you said they have seventy seven that they made of them. They yeah they made seventy seven of them. They're eight hundred thousand dollars, but the the, <laughs> the street price will probably be over a million. A million right. two is my guess. I mean they're going to be because they're if you only going to eight hundred thousand to spend on a car like this, and you're a collector. Then you have 
Well, the way that it works now is that it's going to be the car is going to be given to a guy who already owns a 918 or a GT2 RS or something like that. Those are the guys that are going to be the first ones in line. Sure. And then those guys will maybe buy them as there's been this whole like speculation thing that's happened because of all this, where these cars get bought by people just so they can be held onto and then resold at a higher than sticker price. Sure. Which is just. Yeah, I remember reading stories about like when the the GT40 reboot came out from Ford in 2001. Like everyone was doing. Well, they that. put an embargo on you could not resell the car. Is when that you what it was? It. Okay. Yeah, there was actually a big lawsuit. Like I I can't remember the name of the guy. Some wrestler dude or something. Okay. What's his like? Uh, Hulk Hogan? No, not Hulk Hogan. The other guy with Goldberg or something. Not Goldberg. Some other dude. Whatever. But he bought <laughs> um he bought one okay. and then he resold it at auction and Ford sued him. Oh really? Yeah, they sued him for it. Yeah, I remember there's some story about that. They were trying to keep this type of thing from happening where the right. cars just like change hands and become unobtainable to anyone because all of a sudden there are millions of dollars. But uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of – but it, well, who cares for me? I mean it's $800,000 at the cheapest. It's, yeah. it's not something just, I can – I don't know. All, over a foot longer, you said, huh? Yeah, it's foot longer. It's all carbon fiber, so it's going to be a little bit lighter than... Did you answer my question? Do we know if they're street legal or not? I don't know if they're street legal not. Or that not. we would ever see one on the street anyway. I highly doubt that they are street legal. I kind of doubt it, too. Anyways. Um, next up that I thought was really cool that I saw is the TOG McLaren F1 Formula 1 Porsche engined 911. Yeah, that thing was... I remember walking around the corner and seeing it. Seeing it, it just it had uh, roof style wheels on it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's you know, whatever. That's just a white 930 with roof wheels, whatever." And you kind of look, you're like, "Wait a second, what's that engine on the stand? That is the the uh, what? I don't remember the code of the engine or whatever, but I'm like, that's okay. the that's the V6 1.5 liter that Porsche built for McLaren to run an F1." Right. I'm like, "Holy shit, that's cool!" So I went over to look at the engine. And then I looked at the car, and I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> wait a second! That engine, there's all, there's another one right there." And then I, then it clicked in my head because there was like the F1 car was just off to the right. Yeah. And I walked up to the car, and there's, you know, how on the like on the lower um, part of the engine compartment, there's the stickers for like, yeah. you know, like firing order and yeah. like valve adjustment and stuff like that. They have the the list of that engine that's in that car, the races that it was in. Is what those stickers is are. Is what those stickers were. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So this was. Uh, I don't remember if I made a list of, yeah, the, the, the one that was in the car was raced by Nikki Lauda and, and Elaine Prost, which is like, wow. So awesome. it has some <laughs> providence to it, as we would say. Yeah. So you're basically driving around with an F1 engine in your 911. But so the thing is, is that this car, this isn't new. What, so what, this actually, what do you mean it's not new? So the concept isn't new. So back in the day, this was, this, there was always rumored that this car existed in a way. Okay. So McLaren actually had this engine in this car, and they would drive it around for testing. That's how they would test the engine. Yeah, it was in like the back of a 911. It was that's what the internet says. <laughs> so it's, it was it's it's all like kind of rumor, and like there was guys that took pictures of it. And even though they said there were signs that said don't take pictures, no cameras right. allowed. Um, but yeah, so I guess these guys bought like 13 of these engines or 12 of these engines, and they're putting them in the cars. And so wow. and, and they're going to keep a couple of the engine as spares. In case anybody breaks anything or anything like that, sure. they're gonna have some spare motors laying around. So who who you did you say is actually doing this? I don't know. Okay, but it's some third party company. Yeah, I was talking that to the this guy. This was a thing that I guess Porsche did to test them back in the eighties for production. Of I the think engine. it was McLaren that was McLaren doing it. McLaren was yeah. doing it. Okay. So the the funny thing is is um it, it's it's listed here, so you won't be able to guess. But in competition spec, these things ran four bar of boost. Right, which just in 
PSI. That's 58 <laughs> PSI. 58 PSI. Somewhere. Holy the, the internet's crap. all over the place at what these things develop for power. So it's anywhere from 800 to 1,000 horsepower. And it's 1.5 liters. Right. At 13,000 RPMs. So here's my thought. They, <laughs> I talked to the guy that, the, the engineer that's working on the car or whatever. I'm like, yep. so what is this actually going to be like to drive on the street? How is this? He's like, well, we detuned it to three bar of boost which is like 43 PSI, and he expects it to have around 500 horsepower for the street. Jeez. But I'm still thinking about, um, they, they hooked it up to a, a six-speed gearbox, like a like from, I guess I don't even know, like a G50-style gearbox or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, but how is it going to drive? What, how is that? It has to be just a light switch because it has to be high compression and the high boost, it has to just, like, you're probably not on a boost I until 8,000 RPM. I think it would have quite low compression, actually. I suppose you're right, because all that That is a lot of boost. I'm going to guess it has very low compression. No, you're right. But still, there's no, I guess my point is, there's got to be no torque until it comes on boost. Right. So I'm just wondering, what is it going to be like to kind of pull away from stoplights? How's the, <laughs> how's the clutch going to be? What is the clutch like? The clutch, just, again, just has to be a light switch. It's, I don't know. I guess maybe they should let me drive one. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So they're like a over. They're like one point two million dollars or something, um, whatever. So that's, that was that was my favorite so car nuts. of the show. And you said, uh, where is it? You said those things rev to like thirteen thousand RPM. Yep, thirteen thousand V six one point five liter, eight hundred fifty to a thousand horsepower somewhere. Wow. When they when they would turn the boost up to <laughs> like sixty psi or whatever. That's so nuts. That was that was back when you know. And were, these were. 80s yeah yeah 83 to 87 like. yep there was okay. in a couple of different cars so wow. i just the, the coolest thing about it is that the engines were actually raced yeah like it's these not are, like they rebuilt these these were just real engines somehow they found out of race cars right yeah they, and they bought 12 or 13 of them or whatever so that That's that nuts. was that was the that seeing it's tough to say that that was the highlight of okay. the trip because you walk around and you're like wow there's there's like the third Vasek Pollock dealership car that I've seen, you know, driving around like some 934 RSR or whatever, okay. or some narrow body thing. Oh, there's there's a originally not restored 917 that still is full of rock chips and <laughs> like I mean, it, or or the new uh, 919 hybrid thing was, right. was there and it broke the Laguna Seca record. Wow, I mean, yeah, I saw and that was that going, going on. You know that that car was lapping every morning, kind of prepping. Oh, really? I try. I climbed up on a hill because I was I was trying to get pictures of that car, and there was like a group of people lined up on the fence. Oh and wow! So there's tons of people lined up on the fence, and the car goes by the front straight and comes up a hill. And I wanted to get a picture of the car, kind of cresting the hill, kind of cresting, coming up the hill with all the people looking at it. That's the shot I wanted. Oh I'm sure. Like, I wanted to. I always try to not necessarily take pictures of the car. I always want to be like, what was it like to be there? Sure. It's kind of how I like to do these things. And I, ne I never got a shot of it because it would come so it, like I had no view of the car until I needed to start shooting. Yep. And it was and it, was, it was so fast that I was like, click, click, uh, fuck, <laughs> like every time I was like, and I don't have a fast camera. So I'm not like, oh. like these guys are that can just yeah. like, it's like a, their shutters, like a faucet that turns on and produces <laughs> images. It's like I get click, click, click. And I, that's all I get. So, and plus I like to shoot really, really slow. So I'm shooting at like a 30th of a second. So it's like, ka -ching, ka -ching, and the car is <laughs> gone. You just see a blur if it is in the shot. It's just gone. The car wow. is gone. So. I was kind of disappointed I didn't get the shot that I wanted, but I was really just kind of screwing around the whole time because I wasn't, my job was to document my trip out and my trip home. I didn't right. really have anything to do at Rensport, so I just kind of was just screwing around the whole time. So, so Rensport was a destination, not necessarily 
the bulk of the trip or the reason right for the trip. It, the, well it was the i would say that rensport was a catalyst for the trip okay i honestly did not care about really? rensport that much the rensport was just an excuse for me to go somewhere in my car <laughs> and drive and and have an experience and an adventure yeah uh, and and rensport was a great reason to do that Absolutely. So, I, how many days was the actual Rensport event? It was Thursday, no Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's four days. Okay. So I, I think that probably Friday was the best day to be there. Saturday and Sunday, there were so many people that. Is it mostly vintage racing that it's surrounded around, and then everything else? There's is a lot like of vendors. Vintage, there's a lot of vendors. Are, there's an insane amount of vendors, right. first of all. But yeah, it's surra- there's like a lot of the vintage stuff is there. Of course, that's the overwhelming amount. But there are like nine nine sevens that were there that had been at sure. Le Mans and and, and uh, twenty four hours of Nurburgring and stuff like that. So there was there was the whole wide breadth of of Porsche. Of course, there's drivers all over the place. You know, I I walked by. Uh, uh, Mark Weber, like several times, uh, <laughs> uh, Patrick, Patrick Long, um, Jackie X, Derek Bell. I mean, they were all, you could keep Norbert Singer. Was, I mean, there was like so many people wow. that were there. I mean, they had these autograph sessions, which I could probably get into my, my I was going to say, you should, you should get into that story. So they had these autograph sessions that you could, so it let, looks me, like let me first, back up a little yeah. bit. Um, so I was in the press room and I was listening to um, Jackie X and Derek Bell talk about what you know what they did for Porsche, what it was sure. like to drive 917s. I should probably post a couple of those videos up because there's some really cool stories about racing in IROC series that uh, Derek and Jackie were talking about. Um, but so I got a picture. I talked to Jackie X afterward and I was like, hey, man, you know, I, I, I really respect what you've done. He's heard it a million times, but I was like, I really respect what you've done. Can I get a picture with you? Blah, blah, blah. You're one of my favorite drivers of all time, you know, with the Perry car and all this other mm-hmm. stuff that you've done. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And he's a little French guy. (laughs) So he takes, I get my selfie with him and I walk away and I'm like, well, I should have my Jackie X horn button signed. So in your 911, you have the Momo steering wheel and people make little like custom horn buttons for you. You can get a bunch of like racing drivers. This isn't a a custom horn button. Back in the day, they made signature wheels is what it was called. Oh, from Momo. mm -hmm. So this would have been. Would have had like a silkscreen signature, like where it says prototype, it would have said Jackie X, and then I the gotcha. button the button is a blue helmet that says Jackie X on it. Okay. So it's like their Momo signature wheels. I didn't realize that because I've seen them online where you can just buy random like horn buttons for your Momo. You can do that. Yeah, but these are this is real. Okay. So these are real vintage things. Gotcha. And so my, you have the blue Jackie X helmet horn button. But the the, the wheel is just a vintage dished prototype. Gotcha. From the I think it's like date stamped like 1978 or 83 sure. or whatever it is. It's it's pretty old. And then it's patinaed. It's it's nicely patinaed. I, I I love it other than the fact that it's too small. Um by the way, I stopped <laughs> by the Momo booth. Yeah. And I was like, "Guys, 370 millimeter wheel, what's the problem?" They said, "Well, it's really really expensive to do the the dies and everything. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just please do it. They're like, <laughs> we're looking into it, which is what I've heard for the last like two yeah. or three years. So anyway, I was really bummed. I'm like, well, I'll go to the autograph session and and get my steering wheel or horn button signed okay. at the autograph session. So I'm like, all right, I got to go get my steering wheel out of my car. The autograph session is in, is in like an hour and 15 minutes. No problem. So I, uh, I grab an Allen wrench from a friend and I go up to the... Um, up to the car. Okay. Well, first of all, I grabbed the three mil Allen that uh, Steve, my buddy, had been using to adjust his air fuel mixture. Oh, sure. It's the same as what's on the steering wheel. Okay. And it's a T-handled thing. Yep. And this one just happened to be made in China. 
Uh-oh. So I get up there and I'm like, I got them all loose but one. And, and it's it like rounded it out. It kind of rounded it out, but it was also bending the tool. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it hadn't rounded out yet. I was bending the tool. I could okay. feel like I'm the team. And I'm like, this dude needs this. Like on his <laughs> way home, he needs to be able to adjust his fuel mixture. So I uh, I didn't want to screw him over. So then I, I grab it and I start walking back. And on my way back, I see a, uh, a, a rough a roof BTR, I think it was. Sure. And uh, it's white. Yep. And there was a tow truck sitting in front of it. <laughs> and this car was like parked off the way. Nothing around. I mean, it was next to the bushes. It was just sitting there. Okay. And the tow truck's backing up. I'm like, so the guy gets out of the tow truck. I'm like, you're not going to tow this car. It is <laughs> A, you do not have a flatbed truck. It is just a regular tow truck. And this car yeah. is worth at least 900000 to $1.1 million <laughs> somewhere. I'm just guessing. And you, you're telling this guy this. I'm telling I'm like, he, he was a nice dude. Okay. He's like, I was. he's like, this guy wasn't supposed to park here. He was told he wasn't supposed to park here. And he parked here anyway. I'm like... Dude, don't tow this car. Just don't do it. It's not a good idea. Just leave it alone. He's like, I, I have to tow this car. I'm like, well, if you tow it with that tow truck, you are going to ruin this car. Yeah. You, you're you're going to fuck this car up. He's like, well, I can do it without really touch. I'm like, no. No, you can't. You can't. You're Did gonna. he listen to you? So I stood there for probably 20 minutes. Oh, really? In between the car and the tow truck. <laughs> really? Just like. 100%. I stood there. And uh, I looked at the guy's license plate, and uh-huh. he had like a like a uh, personalized, I would, not a personalized, the, the frame sure. or whatever. So I got on Instagram, got a hold of the guy that ran the shop that was the license, oh, the, the plate, license frame. plate frame. I said, your customer's roof is about to be towed. Very cool. He's That's... like, oh, my God. And then he contacted the guy. He's like, customer's been notified. Thank you. And I told the tow truck driver, I'm like, he's going to come and move the car right now. You can not tow this thing now. Then, yeah. I, then I walked away, and then I came back later, and the car was moved somewhere else or whatever. So I am, I am a hero. That's awesome. <laughs> but ironically, I think you sent another picture later that day. Everyone was parked along that same strip. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing was filled with, like, vans and, like, just yeah. trucks and cars and whatever. So I was like, well, I think they just wanted to make an example out of this guy. Jeez. You know, one of the uh, – parking lot like managers or something goes around like well yeah i told this guy not to park here blah 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 i'm like dude there's what's the problem some guy feeling self-important that the guy didn't listen to him some rich dude with his million dollar car i'm gonna tow it and get the guy right he just wanted to get him and it just pissed me off so that's why i just stood there just <laughs> it was like I felt like uh, someone you're chaining dr- yourself to chaining a tree. myself to a tree. I know that's the, what I was just thinking. Well, the bulldozers come along, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to like figure out what was the guy yelling at like, you like, hey, you got to move, man. No, or, he was nice. He really he talked about the car. He's like, oh, what's up with this car? And I kind of told him, I'm like, yeah, these cars are special. You know, it's blah, blah, blah. And we just talked for a while until I heard back from the guy. So I wasn't like, fuck you, man. You cannot. T-. I was trying to like engage in conversation while I'm on Instagram. Did trying you tell to f- him what you were doing? You're like, I'm going to try and find the owner. Yeah, I was, I'm like, I'm going to try and find the guy. You know, And he was he was nice. But I just I was like, I'm not going to leave until I figure this out. Because the guy was like, beep, beep, beep. As beep, you're walking by. As I'm walking. Yeah, as I'm walking by. Jeez. So um, so then I went and found. I think that guy needs to reach out and buy you a beer. He probably, yes, that is absolutely <laughs> true. Um, he followed me. I think he followed me on Instagram. So oh, that's really? The, that's the thanks I get. Okay. Um, anyway, so then I went and found a, another Allen wrench from from a friend and went back there. It's like one of those multi Allen wrench things. Yep, yeah. From, uh, and it said, what, what what's the brand? Like uh, Pittsburgh Steel or yep. whatever, which yeah, is yeah. Northern. You know that brand. Of course I you do. I love Pittsburgh. Since you're Captain Harbor. Tools. Captain Harbor Freight. It's probably like 50% steel, Actually, I 50%. Actually, Pittsburgh is Harbor Freight, not Northern. Pittsburgh. 
Yes, Harbor Freight. Pittsburgh is Harbor Freight. That's right. You're right. So, so that it's was like 50, not an improvement over no, what you were using. <laughs> not really. It's like 50% steel and the other 50% is like, <laughs> like Chinese metal. tears and slavery. <laughs> <laughs> so you just know every time you use it, there's it, it's at the result of somebody actually just crying themselves as they make your sure. allergies. Okay. Probably throwing themselves off a building every time you buy something there, just so you know. Thanks. Yeah, I you guess. should feel bad. Um, so then I get back to the car and I start to take the... I, I can't, it still won't go. And it just rounds it out. Mm. And I'm like, by this time I'd already walked by the the line and I saw that the line was getting quite long <laughs> okay. for the thing. And they have like an end of the line. Like, oh, really? Like, like they, they, they won't just sit it. there forever and right. just sign stuff for 80,000 people. Right. There's, right. there's, there's, yeah, I suppose that's not fair for them. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm, I can't get this off. And then, yeah. um, I messaged, I'm not going to call him out because it would be mean, but there was an individual, there was another individual that was actually the one that tightened these, these screws on this wheel. It wasn't me that put these on. Why it did was someone else tighten them? Not important. Okay. So someone else had tightened the, tightened the <laughs> so screws on this. So you kind of called him out. I did, well, I texted him like, dude, I can't get this freaking thing off. What did, why did you over tighten this thing? Uh-huh. And he, he had used like a little cordless impact. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. So I couldn't get the thing off. So he's like, oh, just turn the wheel. <laughs> There's only one nut left. Just turn it. So I just I just grab it and I go and I turn it counterclockwise and sure enough it loosened right up. That's genius. So then I you know then I you know once it was loose I got it off no problem. Yeah. But by the time I carried the wheel down there the line because you was, can't have been parked too close I imagine. No, it's probably a ten minute walk okay. each way both times. So yeah, it's ten minute walk, walk up with Chinese tea handle. <laughs> Ten minute walk back to get that. Well, it's probably a fifteen minute, twenty minute walk because I had to walk across the entire grounds sure. to get the other Allen wrench, and then walk all the way back. So that's I'm already like an hour and fifteen minutes into just plus tow truck guy. Plus tow truck guy. I mean, it was like that was quite the ordeal. It was, it was my entire morning. <laughs> it was my entire morning trying to figure out how to get this stupid steering wheel off, okay. so I could go to one of my heroes and and have him sign it. It was right. important to me. Sure. So then I get in line and uh, I'm. They have this little sign that says the line stops here. And you're behind. And it. I'm like 15 people behind. And the guy comes by. He's like, yeah, just so you know, there's a very high likelihood that you will not get in. I'm like, I went, guy, do you see? <laughs> I said, do you see everybody here has a poster they got from free here? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just, I was kind of bitter. Like, right. I, I shouldn't have no. addressed the guy this way. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, everybody here just has a stupid poster. I've got the steering wheel out of my car. It's got the Jackie X horn button on here, right here. This is important. Is there any way you can help me out? You know, is there, is there anything you yeah. can do? He's like, no, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. Actually, he didn't say I'm sorry. He's like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And he was kind of a jerk, but I was kind of being a jerk. So it's okay. <laughs> and uh, so I just was like dejected. I just, so then I just had just my, walked away. I just walked away. I stood in line for a little bit and I'm like, I'm steering not going to stand here. Hand. Steering wheel in hand and walking around. And uh, I ended up going to talk to Adam Carolla for a little bit. And he just goes, he's like, why are you carrying around this steering wheel right now? What is, why are you carrying around this steering wheel? Did you and, get into it? Uh, a little bit. But he was he was more curious about how the car handled in the mountains. He was like, if I had carburetors or not and oh. stuff like that. It was more of like a technical conversation. Interesting. Yeah. He's a, he's super nice. Super yeah. nice guy. Super giving of his time. You know, he has no, there's no reason oh. he needed to talk to me or anybody else that was there. Right. But he was just there like talking to everybody and That's cool. hanging out. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. Um, I suppose this conversation started to walk around with a steering wheel, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. Anti theft device. What, what car did you steal that out of? Because it's a vintage one. I yeah, yeah. assume I could have just taken it off somebody's seat or whatever. But what was cool about Adam's booth is he had, 
He had like three or four guys that work on his cars with him. Okay. And then he had like a single car trailer and like an easy up tied to his 935. <laughs> so it was like super grassroots. Everybody else yeah. has these huge trailers, yep. tons of mechanics, guys running on golf carts to get fuel. And like, it's, there's a guy, I almost got run over by a guy in a four wheeler <laughs> that was just like, get out of my way. And I'm like jumping out of the way of this dude's four wheeler. I was like, dude. Yeah, I'm. This, this isn't like the 24 hours of Daytona here, man. Why are you in such a rush with your little four wheeler and your fuel? You Self important jerk. Anyway, so I walked over. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go hang out at uh, the triple zero booth for a little while. Yep. I'm like, I'm planning on dropping my steering wheel off there so I don't have to carry it around. Oh, I'm okay. gonna put it in one of their drawers that they had. So I walk up. And I was going to talk to Pete, who's the editor and mm-hmm. uh, partial owner of Triple Zero, and uh, he's talking to two guys I I didn't I didn't recognize. Okay. And uh, I was like, "Hey, man, can, you know, what's up?" He's like, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Oh, I'd really like to introduce you to these guys." He's like, "This is uh, uh, this is Klaus. He's the uh, CEO of Porsche North America." Oh. And I'm like, "Well, hello, sir." <laughs> well, hello, Klaus. I said hello, <laughs> hello, and I I shook his hand and. He, of course, he's like, where's the rest of your car? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the rest of your car? And I, and I told him the whole story and wherever he's like, he's like, I, I love what you're doing. And he's asking me all kinds of questions about my car and the road trip. Super cool, dude. Like, wow. Just was like all over like what I was doing and what I was into. And just he was really focused and looking me in the eye. And t- like, I, you just don't expect that out of a guy that's just that far removed from like... Right. That's so important, I guess. Right. So, I mean, true and true enthusiast. Like, he really was. He was, he, there's no reason he needed to like ask me anything. If he would have been like, nice to meet you, I still would have been like, wow, that was really cool. I just met that guy. Yeah. You know, but he actually talked to me for like five, 10 minutes about my car and my trip and everything. He's like, give me that wheel. (laughs) I'll, I'll get it taken care of for you. So he disappears with my wheel and says, pick it up at Porsche (laughs) Hospitality later. No kidding. Yeah, so he took my wheel away, and uh, were you a little nervous? Like, well, if I don't have a <laughs> steering wheel to get back, what's funny is that he goes, "How do you spell Jackie X?" Just in case I can't find him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, it's, uh, here, it's on this horn button right here. You can yeah. just spell it like that." And uh, he had another individual with him too. I, I wish I could remember his name, but he was another really important guy, and he was just really into what I was up to with the car and everything like that. That's it was, really cool. It was it was really heartwarming. So I I've, And these are the guys that I mean down the line at least are responsible for this event. Oh yeah. Well yeah, the CEO of Porsche North America. Yes. Right. I mean it's big inter- deal. Big deal. Like and he was so swell. I just I, <laughs> He was so swell. so swell. He didn't like I would never have like if someone would have said he's the CEO of this, you would have been like, oh, come on. And I'm like, this dude was so down to earth and so yeah. nice and so you know, like welcoming and warm and nice. And uh, so anyway, I went up and to find the, the steering wheel at Porsche Hospitality, but I went to the wrong hospitality. And this one girl was like, you can't even come in here. It was like it was like super owner only. I'm like, well, my steering wheel might be in there. They're like, it's not in here. So then I went down to the other hospitality booth and it's uh-huh. like, hey, is my steering wheel? And he's like, yeah, it's right here. And I looked at it and it's like, sure enough, Jackie X 2018. That's like cool. signed on the steering wheel in it. And I just I remember getting kind of like warm. Like you get that like warm feeling and you get goosebumps and you're, you're like your body just starts to energize itself because it doesn't know what to do with the excitement that you have. <laughs> and I just was it, it really meant 
a huge amount to me. And it, it meant so much more that it happened that way, obviously, than standing in that line and being like, here's my steering wheel, right. Mr. X. Absolutely. And uh, now you have this other story about it. Yeah. So I I wore it. Now it says Aki X. So I was wondering, because he <laughs> signed it on like the thumb grip. He signed it on the thumb pad. and uh, Which I was curious driving home if that was going to wear off. It did a little bit, but... Not that bad. Okay. Are you going to keep it in the car or try to hang it up and replace I'm gonna, it? I'm definitely going to hang it up and yeah. uh, and replace it. But uh, kudos to Klaus Elmer for no getting that taken care of for me. And, you know, it's worn a little bit now from the drive home, so it kind of looks cool That's because true. it's kind of worn out a little bit. You know, it got to come home with me, and um, I'm probably just going to take it off and hang it on the wall. Yeah. Which means I need to buy, like, another $500 steering wheel, <laughs> which is like, oh, my God. So I'm probably going to use this one for the rest of the season. And yeah. then, you know, I got a braid 370 hanging on my wall. I have several steering wheels I could use. Yeah. So I'll, I don't know. This is fine. I like kind of like looking at it. Just it, it just reminds me of that, you know, that moment. That was my highlight of Run Sport. That is right, really right cool. there. So, I mean, obviously the other highlights are you just staying there and you hear the whistles blow. So you'll be just okay. walking and you hear the whistles like tweet, 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 which means the race cars are coming. And then pretty soon, right around the corner, it becomes like a, like a 917 or, or a wow. 962 or a 956 or a 934 or 911. Which, I mean, it's this just, might be a really hard question to answer if you can't answer it. What was in your memory that you remember the best sounding car? Oh, man. Um, because so much of these things like, oh, I'd love to see a 917 or like see one actually run in anger on the track. But until you experience it, like I would have I would have no idea. I never got I didn't really care to get close enough to the track to really get that close. Um, The the only time I was shooting stuff on the track was that one time that the 919 was out, and then I went up on a hill at, like, turn 6, I think it is, which you're very far away from the car because I wanted to get some real world-spinning motion with the cars and stuff like that. But um, probably the best-sounding car was probably one of the 935s. I think it was the – it might have been the Coca-Cola 935, which I think Patrick Long drove – Okay. I, think he, I think he drove like six cars. Like it's crazy how many cars he drove that weekend, and a, and a tractor. <laughs> I oh, can we talk about the tractor race? I saw the tractor race. It was it was funny because they would they were all like cutting across like the the runoffs and, and inside the corners, <laughs> like driving wherever they wanted to. One of the tractors had a trailer filled with little tractors. I saw that. Yeah, like toy tractors. So they were Porsche tractors. Did Porsche make tractors before they even started making the cars? I have no I concept of tractor history with Porsche. I no. don't either. But. That's really cool because Porsche made tractors, and so they had all of these tractors. Sounds like a quick shift, quick shift episode for I guess for so. Jake. So the best car was probably that Coca-Cola 935. I remember walking up, and I could just I was just standing behind it. Yeah. I was like, me to you, just standing behind this thing as it's just idled. And it's like they have this kind of... No, I don't want to try and make the sound because I'm not stupid, but it just had like this, you know, you could hear the turbos like, yeah, just spook. No, it's there. It is. You that's know, it, it kind of yeah. does that, and it's, it's sitting there. And uh, it's funny when you watch them pull away; they have like a. They don't really have like a, a limited slip. It's kind of a. I think it's oh, it's a locked differential. Yeah, so it's like it's like dunk 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 as it kind of turns and mm-hmm. you know, it kind of does this thing as it pulls away, and you can just tell even without hearing it, a wide open throttle that it just was like ready it to meant, go. It meant business, you know. And that's and you you hear them like start them up every once in a while because. They have this tent where all the cars are under, like a lot of the really important cars are parked under this tent in like a central location of the paddock. But these cars are still going out to race. Yeah. So there's like in this with people everywhere, there's like little mechanics like working on something and they're like revving things up. And it was 
That's it was awesome. great. So you're, I mean, the 917s driving by, 962s driving by, 934s, you know, everything that could be awesome was was driving by. And I think the coolest thing about this uh, events like this is any kind of vintage-ish event is mm-hmm. you can usually walk up to anybody that's around and right. ask questions. Right. Like there's a there's the Puerto Rico 934, okay. and it's a really unique car. It's got a really unique intercooler setup on it. Um, I'll have to maybe we can post pictures of it. If, if anybody is curious, just look up like Puerto Rico 934, okay. and, and you can find it. And you can find pictures of the intercooler. I posted them on Instagram. Oh. So I remember talking to the guy, and I'm like, hey man, what's up with this intercooler? And he's like, oh yeah, it's you know it's very unique. This is the only 934 with this. And we he's like, can I see it? He's like, absolutely. And he had all his mechanics come over. They took the the rear oh, tail wow. off for me, and he t- talked to me about it. And he's like. Like this thing's really hard to tune because it has, you know, this pump that reacts to boost and it's like really hard to get going. And that's probably the coolest thing about 934s are like notoriously hard to get running right. Really? I think they run, this one wasn't, but a lot of them were, I think it's Cagetronic, which is CIS. Yep. So a lot of them are are CIS with these huge turbos. Wow. It's got to be just like a nightmare (laughs) to get those things to run. But uh, most people are like that at these events. Just super approachable. Super approachable. And I remember talking to, um, I can't, I, it was one of Vic, Vic Alford's cars. And I was talking to the guy that works on the car. He's like, yeah, those titanium drive shafts are like $15,000. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, hearing wow. these guys, uh, just the distributor cap for like the flat, uh, flat 12 or whatever was like, yeah, it's a $15,000 distributor cap. The distributor cap. Yeah. So I'm just like, God, I suppose you can't find them, but yeah, you just can't. They just, and the thing is, is you can get a lot of that stuff from Porsche. Oh, really? Like one of the guys was saying, yeah, you can get your 917 motor rebuilt by Porsche, but it's going to cost you $150,000 to get it rebuilt there. They'll send it back. They'll rebuild it. It'll come back. It'll look brand new. It'll run great. That is really cool that they as a manufacturer do that, though. Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine other than like Ferrari, anyone else doing that. Well, think about like, of course, you could do that with Ford, but the design is never It's always just been the same forever. So you could take some old Windsor engine and take it to the dealer at Ford, and they'd be like, yeah, we could rebuild that. But yeah. the, like something like a 917 engine only existed for such like a, True. you know, some of these flat 12s, flat 8s only existed for a short period of time. Right. So being able to rebuild those and spend the time and the knowledge and have the time and the knowledge to actually, you know, rebuild those properly is yeah. crazy because they haven't been made for 40 years right so it's it's interesting that they still have the capability and desire to to do it which is probably one of the reasons why the brand seems so enigmatic is that they can do that and they still do appreciate that history that they have right and put on an event like this where it shows that was that was pretty cool that is really cool well thank you for sharing all that i definitely want to go again in or i want to go with you if you go again in three or four years or whenever it is I probably will, depending on where it is. Uh, yeah. Just give me an excuse to go drive. Is it always, well, it's a Porsche North America event, right? So it's always in the States? Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. Yep. So I think it's prob. my guess is it's probably going to be Daytona next year. Right. Is my guess. Well, but shorter drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We can maybe do a trip down the Appalachians or, or something like That'd that. That'd be so, cool. Um, awesome. Well, we'll have to all stay tuned for part three now. Right. Which is going to be out on Monday. Right. Which will be. I hope nobody's disappointed that I don't have like a ton to say about Rensport. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. Okay. I just, it's this overwhelming thing where it's just, you know, if you were anywhere, let's, if you were at Road America or anywhere and you saw just one of these cars, you would flip out. Right. But because it's just this, it's almost like being, uh, um, it's relative in a way, right? So because there's so many 
so many other cool things, one thing isn't necessarily relatively that cool. Right. Yeah. It definitely, I don't want to say it dilutes it, but it's, it's, it's just overwhelming. It's like almost being like a starving kid walking up to the biggest table full of food <laughs> that you could imagine where you just eat till you're sick and then you just, you can't even eat yeah. anymore. And it's just so much coming in. Well, a good example of that. Wasn't there like a nine, five, nine tent where there was like 20 959s just yeah, sitting they in had a tent? A, they had a ton of nine, five nines. Plus they had the, the canopy nine, five, nine. Okay. Which is like a uh, thousand eight hundred horsepower. It's like all redone. Jeez. Like it's the funny thing is they kind of did it under the radar. Canapa was kind of the first um, company that made it so you could drive the nine five nine in the United States. Oh, I remember this story. Remember that? So they, yes. they were they finally were able to import them and get that you know get that going yep. where they could use the cars here. Yep. And then they had this p- program where they developed where they kind of made the nine five nine what it should have been in the first place. Because I've, I've never I've never driven I've never driven one, but everyone I talk to that that has driven them is like yeah they're like underwhelming and kind of like eh. right but with 800 horsepower I'm, anything awesome. with 800 horsepower awesome. i feel like is pretty amazing yeah yeah and uh it was <laughs> one of the best parts of my day was when uh um lewis Fuguada, who was getting a ride with lee keen okay um sent a picture of my car and he goes this is what your car looks like from the inside of a 959 and it's like you can see the green <laughs> like the the sparkly green of the car and my car is like in the background i'm like well that's as close as i'm ever gonna get for for now <laughs> so that wow. was and then one more thing sure another underrated part at least for me that i didn't expect to be cool was the was the corral okay and that is where all just the the uh the plebeians the plebeians park just the regular Porsche guys that don't have right. five hundred million dollars to, you know, buy race cars. <laughs> so it's just everybody's just cars. They're just parked there. You know, yeah. it's just it's like a Porsche car show right there. It was, and there was a lot of really, really great cars out there to see, and a lot of several really, really bad ones as well. There was some <laughs> some very there was some very unfortunate cars, and there was a lot of personalized license plates. Oh, there you go. I think that California must be the capital of the, the personalized license plate capital of the world. Yeah, the most per capita. Yeah, so and a lot car, of them were my like my car would have fit in with all the other crappy yeah, there, there personalized nine eleven. There was a lot of them. Was like nine nine three C four S or like <laughs> two point seven nine eleven, and there was like tons of them that were just like, if you're gonna get a personalized license plate, at least be creative about it. We don't need to know. Exactly what the thing says. I don't. We don't need to do this argument again. But there, I mean, it was just. Did you know through. that mine is a 1970 911T? Is that what it says on your license plates? <laughs> what does it say exactly? <laughs> I think it says 70 911T. Why do you do it? Do what? Why do you do that? Why do you do the license plate thing? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. Why? If I have to have a state mandated plate on my car, anyways, might as well be unique or have something but it's not, to do with but the it, car. But, it, but, but it's not unique. It says exactly the same thing that the car says. Why don't you just have it be random numbers? Because now you're like, if if you're driving like an asshole, somebody like, yeah, this license plate was 7911T. It says right there. But when it's like ACN187. Or you, mean, could, you could be the guys that do like 1I1I0O0OKX. Well, no, or it's like hard to di- differentiate. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't. You, you have not justified it to me. That's Yet. fine. I never will. No, you probably, you probably <laughs> won't try to. Um, oh, one more. Th- another thing is okay. the Rensport guys say hello to me, to you. They, you mean Red Ren Line? Ren, sorry. You said Rensport. The Ren Line guys say hello. Hey, guys. They uh, they came and said hello. They were super nice to me, even though I'm, you know, like a <laughs> semi fan. I'm not like a super fan like you are um, with, with their products. They were really nice and humble, and they gave me a thing to give to you, which I gave you last week, the, uh, the keychain. 
Or no, I think it might actually be a door pull. Did I give that to you? You never gave me anything. I've got it at home. Then I've got okay. a little. I got I got a present um, from them for you. Thanks. So I'll have to have to get you dialed in on that. I like it. Um, on that note, next week um, we're gonna be. I'm gonna have Jess into the studio. Yeah. And this will be on. This episode's gonna come out t- Thursday. Right. Uh, which. If you, uh, you don't need to tell them that because it's Thursday when they're listening. That's true. Um, so this episode is out on Thursday. This episode's out on Thursday. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, it's out immediately as soon as we publish it. So Which is Tuesday. Which is... <laughs> For those of us what, keeping track. Whatever, I'm losing track. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Anyway, so Jess will be here because she was with me on the ride home. So we're going to have her into the studio so she can probably make fun of me a little bit. Awesome. And maybe sparks my memory on some of the things that I miss from the ride home. That'll be part three we'll look for on Monday. Thank you, guys. Take care, everyone. We'll see you later.